You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Today is an important day. How are we today, gentlemen? Marty, it's good to see you. How are you? For the third time of asking my dear friend, I'm entirely underwhelmed. I know that's the third time I'm asking you, but it's the first time I'm asking you for the listener's sake. Yeah, well, the answer is still the same, old friend. <laughs> okay, um, we got a lot to cover today. Bruce, how are you? Healthy, alive, a uh, bit uh, yeah, concerned, shall we say? Concerned? Okay, all right, yeah, well warranted, well warranted. Let's start with, uh, and we'll get to that. I mean, big day in the U.S. today. We'll get to that. Let's start with the U.K. Boris Johnson gave his. Um, yeah, I know. I'm shaking my head too, buddy. Boris Johnson was. Um, on TV the other night, making his announcement of a full national lockdown. And to be honest with you, I mean, this guy looked like he just crawled out of the crypts of hell somewhere. He looked absolutely <laughs> terrible. And I don't know what it is that's going on, but I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe it's the stress of, I don't know, the, the people finally having enough and storming number 10 and dragging him out and making him held and holding him accountable and all of his useless staff holding them accountable as well. I could be wrong, but um, not only has England entered a full national lockdown, the Scots have also entered a full national lockdown as well. Now, I can't speak for the Scots, um, and um, maybe you can, but it seems to me like, let's start with the, the fact that uh, people were starting to go out and uncover the fact that there were empty hospitals. There were no lines, there were no surges, there were no people sitting in emergencies or anything like that. Everything was empty. Whole wards empty. Waiting rooms empty. No queues anywhere. No one sitting in seats. No one dying in the hospital uh, hallways. Anything like that. Nothing. So what was happening? People were getting arrested that were doing it. Even happened here as well. People got arrested that did that. We're going around filming empty hospitals. We're getting arrested. But see, I'm looking at it like this in England. Okay, so you go out and you film empty hospitals. You get arrested for it. The video is already out. It starts to go viral on social media. And so rather than admit fault, again, we're right back to square one. They double down. And that's what they've done here. They've doubled down. So when you actually try to break free from it, right, it's like I was telling Bruce, I said, it's like being held by a captor and you come out a little bit of the room, you start to wiggle loose and you start to get away. Well, what happens? You get clamped down on even harder. And that's what they've done. They've now locked down the entire country. Now you can't go down and film the empty hospitals. Now you can't go out and show that the Nightingale's, uh, Nightingale facilities are empty. Now you can't show that the testing facilities are empty. Now you can't show the vaccination places. You can't show any of this now without uh, the police thumping on you. So now they seem to think that they've got a monopolization on this, uh, this perception, which uh, honestly, I don't think so. Where do things stand at the moment? Yeah, you're quite right. Boris made his announcement yesterday about the you know the nationwide lockdown and you are absolutely right he looked disheveled tired stressed concerned all of those things and you could think it's because he's genuinely concerned about putting the country into lockdown i think he's more concerned about being found out the reason why it's or one of the reasons 
probably the second reason why it's good not to keep telling lies is you have to remember every detail of the lie you've told. And that causes stress. You know, people who are deceitful suffer a great deal of distress. It's only clinical sociopaths and psychopaths who can perhaps lie on those kind of levels without feeling stress. And that's why Boris looks so rough. So yes, we're in another national lockdown. And yes, of course, no one can now go towards a hospital unless they are there for medical attention to audit these places and to video what's going on. Now, Scotland, of course, has got its own devolved government under Jeanette Cranky. Sorry, I've forgotten her name. Sturgeon, Nicola Sturgeon. Nicola Sturgeon, yeah. Nicola Sturgeon. Well, Nicola Sturgeon is so keen to uh, break up the United Kingdom and for Scotland to leave and for Scotland to be accepted into back into the European Union, um, that she will do anything and say anything that will ingratiate herself with Brussels. So Boris, he's he's bought and paid for as far as I'm concerned. My opinion only, um, that he's a bought and paid for New World Order, build back better bastard. So that's Boris. And then you have Nicola, who is just like a a starstruck teenager staring at von der Leyen and and, and Hofstad. Is it Hofstad? Verhofstadt, guy for Hofstad, yeah. Hofstad, sorry. Hofstad was the guy who did a study into multiracial working environments and whose work was largely rejected until quite recently. Anyway, sorry, Verhofstad. Um, yeah, that's that's what Nicola Sturgeon is. She's just starstruck and desperate to please the EU. So as we surmise that the United, uh, the European Union is as much part of this, or rather at least the Commission is as as um, as the World Economic Forum or the United Nations, it's no wonder that she's keen to lock down and follow whatever Brussels says. You know, I was uh, I was thinking about that as well. I was like, this is why I've said out of the frying pan into the fire. You're out, but you're not out. Now you're under the bigger control of uh, uh, of the larger agenda here, which they've all sold out to. Let's look at the restrictions on this. I mean, it's the same old song and dance, it seems like. They'll follow Scotland and go back into a full national lockdown. Schools will remain open. Excuse me. Schools will remain closed. And people will be told to stay home until at least mid-February, which I heard last night. It was also March. Have they given an actual time for it yet? Is it March? These rules and regulations extend to the 31st of March, as far as I'm aware. Holy God. Okay. Well, they were supposed to lift the things here. Now, they're just doing it on purpose now. Like, it, it's just, they're, they're beyond uh, ridiculous at this point. I mean, they're beyond caught. Schools remain closed. People would be told to stay home until at least mid-February, but you're saying end of March, which that, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not sure this is going to go on that long. Uh, there's been an explosion in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the UK. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. Following the identification of a new faster-spreading variant of the virus. Yeah, give me a break, right? You people are a sad, sick joke at this point. And, and you literally look like a sad, sick joke. That's the worst part about it. I mean, look at these people. Look at them. Look at these so-called leaders. They look pathetic. They look wretched. They, they look like uh, they look like all dictators do at the end of their run, don't they? They look worn out. They look disheveled. They look like they had their soul sucked out, which most of them have already had their soul sucked out before they even got to this point. But 
I digress. Under the lockdown, household mixing indoors will be banned. Oh, God forbid you get together and you organize against these these frauds. Uh, and only essential shops will remain open. I would argue at this point, all shops are essential. That's what I would say. I don't give a damn what the Davos group say at all. All shops are essential. And on top of that, I think we should, if we're going to reopen businesses, we shouldn't take any taxes. How about that one? I think that'd be a great way to stimulate the economy. Now, Boris Johnson said, I want everyone right across the UK that I know how to that I know how tough this is. He knows how tough this is. He knows how hard this is. And I know how frustrated you are. Oh, sir, I don't think you do. I really don't think you do. I don't think any of you disgusting, sick degenerates in public office understand. But you're going to find out. And I know that you've had more than enough of government guidance about defeating the virus. Well, then why are you doing it? If people have had, in your own words, if people have had more than enough of government guidance about defeating the virus, which, by the way, you sound like an abject fool standing up there talking to the people like they're children about this entire thing. But now, more than ever, we must pull together. Okay, let's pull together to get out of it. How about that? Can you can you possibly for once in your pathetic, miserable political career and I'm sorry, Marty, I don't mean to speak out of turn. Stand up for the people you're supposed to represent. Can you do that? Has that even crossed your brain? If any politician, any uh, head of state, any world leader was actually serious about stopping the spread of coronavirus, then the ports would be shut. The airports would be shut. They're not. They're still open. Flights are still available. People are in and out across borders all all of the time. They know that they need to keep certain things going um, to progress their globalist ideas. Uh, And so those things are not being shut down and stopped. But what is being shut down and stopped is all the things that could fight against those globalist ideas, the small businesses. people enjoying themselves, people being able to meet in groups, um, families being able to support each other properly, the extended family that is, not just the, the people who live in the same house. The schools are shut and this will now be the second year where no one has sat an A-level or O-level or sorry, GCSE examination. They're going to let the teachers decide what the grade should be for the second year running. If this extends much longer, you're going to come to a point where you've got an entire generation of people who've not been properly assessed, who haven't completed their education, who are going to be voters, who are going to be the ones in the majority of jobs, the everyday essential jobs are going to be these these people. And they are going to be completely unqualified and easily led. So we talked at length um, one time when Ned was on about the dumbing down of education and how it's been happening over decades. Well, this is the final nail in the coffin where people are not even required to sit examinations so that we know that they've attained the level of education they are supposed to have attained to go on to university or go into other types of employment. Anything that comes out of Boris Johnson's mouth at the moment is just white noise. Just white noise. That's all it is. It's just a distraction while they wreak their horrible plan upon us. This is breaking. The U.S. Capitol building has just been locked down following protests and rallies outside. Buildings are being evacuated, including the Library of Congress's Madison building across the uh, across from the Capitol, as well as the Cannon House office building. In an alert sent to 
Uh, looks like this is out of the Hill newspaper. Police ordered occupants of the Madison building to move in a safe manner to the exits and close the doors behind you, but do not lock. Uh, Capitol Police also told those in Cannon House in the Cannon House building, take visitors, escape hoods and go kits, whatever those are, uh, and report to a tunnel connected to a nearby building. Capitol Police told a reporter, if you want to go between buildings, use the tunnels. Yeah, they got tunnels in between them. Uh, but yeah. So there are people that are reportedly attempting to climb structures outside of the building and being held back from going further by police. Uh, there's a video that's been posted by the Was by a Washington Post reporter that shows protesters moving past barricades and in towards the Capitol. So that uh, that's just a few minutes ago. Uh, do you guys want to switch subjects here for a second and talk about what's going on in D.C.? Or do you want to continue on? Because I can talk more about the uh, uh, the police in uh, in the U.K. and what they're now being ordered to do. And then we can jump to the uh, the capital stuff. Let's stick with the U.K. stuff since we're already there. OK. And, and yeah, sure. Thing. All right. So uh, now you have lockdown cops and they are to stop people in the street, issue fines and target anti-lockdown protests and anti-vaccine protesters. Well, isn't that just convenient? All the things that you need to rally around are conveniently being turned against you. And it's going to happen everywhere. This is going to be their next play. What was it, Marty? A, a successive approximation? That's the next step? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's excessive proclamation because they make <laughs> proclamations. It, it is. It's ex And it's excessive. I'll give you that. Not excessive. It's successive. Oh, successive. So it's one proclamation. Gotcha. One proclamation after another, you know, before the the first proclamation has run its course and normality is restored, the next one is coming. And yes, I've seen as well in the from somewhere today, I couldn't tell you where. In the UK, we don't just have police officers because our penny pinching government won't pay for fully qualified uh, police officers. We also have things called PCSOs or PSCOs, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. They're, they're basically the equivalent of a mall cop. So they're unqualified, partially trained individuals who wear a very similar uniform but do not have the same powers as a fully qualified police officer. These individuals are, are, are likely to be the ones who try to make a name for themselves by implementing these these new fines. So it seems that to become a police officer in this day and age, you either have to go to university and get a degree and be a degree entrant into the police service, or you can do your time as a special, which are unpaid uh, volunteers who could spend years plodding the beat unpaid before they get accepted into the police service as a full-time police officer. Or you can be a PCSO, which, are, are, like I say, are these mall cops. Yeah, in, in normal circumstances, under normal times, they do a very difficult job with very little thanks and a lot less pay than a police officer. But these are the ones that you've got to watch. When we were talking about the military and whether or not they, some of them would relish patrolling the streets, being armed because they think they're doing everything for the greater good. Well, these mall cops, the PCSOs, they have to uh, make a name for themselves if they actually want to be an actual police officer. So I can see them um, being the ones that will try and implement these fines. 
Let's look at it like this. You you know the attitude of the English populace obviously better than the rest of us. I know that every person in every society has their, their line in the sand and their breaking point, if you will. At what point, in this respect, at what point, because, I mean, I'm looking at some of these things and uh, these, these an expanded approach, I think, is how they're putting it uh, from uh, Scotland Yard. Uh, this is out of the Telegraph. They say that the London's Met Police issued a statement noting that with fewer reasonable excuses for people to be away from their homes, reasonable excuses, you see, Londoners can expect officers to be more inquisitive as to why they see them out and about. Where officers identify people without a lawful reason to be away from their home, they can expect officers to move more quickly to enforcement. Now, some of these things include the police now having the power to issue 200 pound fines on the spot, which can be doubled every time a lockdown breach is committed, or fines up to 10,000 pounds can also be handed out to anyone holding gatherings or house parties. Now, again, all this is based on ridiculous cooked up numbers, and we know that this is all false and, and all a joke at this point anyway. So, my, I guess my, my question is, is you had people out there that were showing the fraud. You had people out there going to the empty hospitals and people across the UK and across the world are seeing this. I mean, we saw it and, and we sent it out to people. I mean, it's it, it's all over the place. Empty hospitals. Same thing here. Same thing in the US. Empty hospitals. I went past two hospitals today again. Empty. Completely empty. At what point is the breaking point for the citizenry in the UK? I mean, to hell with these people. Honestly, to hell with these people. To hell with their fines, to hell with their, their public orders and their public health people. I mean, it, this doesn't stop. So where do you think the breaking point is for the the average uh, UK citizen over there? We are quite a diverse population. And most of the people that you're seeing being arrested at these parties and and so on, they are that part of society that makes you smile every time I say it. The chavs, they're the underclass. They're the benefit-claiming, uh, long-term benefit-claiming I like dull, claiming I like dull scrounger. I, I like the term dull scrounger. Well, some of them have probably got well-paid jobs, but because they have had their education dumbed down, because there has been a breakdown in values within our country and within your country. You've got these people. So they're the ones that are being arrested at the moment. It will come when someone like me gets arrested for going about my lawful business. It won't go quiet. These guys get a slap on the wrist and get sent back to their, their um, you know, subsidized accommodation. And you never hear anything more about it. But when someone like that lady who recorded the empty hospital in Gloucester, when she comes to be charged or further investigated and further interviewed at the end of this month, and if there is any action taken against her, then I think that's when people like myself will stand up and be counted. I've obeyed all the rules. You know, I, I wear a, a muzzle when I go shopping. I keep socially distanced. As much as I think it's a complete load of nonsense, other people don't, and I don't want to alarm them. I don't fear well, affection from them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But at what point, I mean, and I'm looking at this logically, I mean, these people that you say that you don't want to alarm them, they're going to be alarmed anyway you look at it. They're already scared half to death now from the propaganda and the hysteria in the media. So at what point do we step in and say, listen here, dumbass, we're going to have to save you and everybody else like you from yourselves so you don't throw all of us off the edge of a cliff? All I can do is is speak for speak for myself in, in this particular case. And I would say 
the very second any law enforcement tries to stop me from walking, uh, you know, around my town, places I want to go or need to go, the moment that happens is when I, for one, will will kick back. Let's jump over to the uh, the Capitol. Uh, Bruce, you're keeping an eye on the situation over there. You got the live stream up. Do you want to lead us into it? Well, something about they're shooting into the chamber. I don't know. I I, I had muted it there. Huh? Uh, they're what? Yeah, that, that's, there's a tweet on there on the live stream that I'm seeing right now. I had it, uh, the House and Senate in recess as the Capitol is locked down. What's going on exactly right now? I don't know. Like I said, I... Um, muted it when we started talking about the lockdowns here with, with the UK stuff. So I don't know exactly what's going on. Okay. So basically, let's go over what's going to happen today, because today's a big day. People are, are converging on DC. They're rallying outside. What's so special for those that are listening to us from uh, from different parts of the world that are not in the US that are largely not hearing any, anything about this? Nothing. I mean, it's a complete media blackout over here as to what's going on. So what are the steps that are going to be taken in the House and in the Senate today that are set to be, uh, which the media is already saying, well, they're just for, this is just a, a formality and it's it's too late. Biden's going to be certified and, and really that's the end of it. The GOP, they can claim uh, fraud, but there's really, these are baseless claims. They're, they're keeping with the same narrative. So lay it out. How is the process going to work out today? And then I, I want to get into guys like Senator Tom Cotton and, and a couple others here. Tear gas, by the way. Tear gas? They were using tear gas, it looks like, in some of the, some of the uh, uh, protesters made it into some of the Capitol buildings. It looked like uh, okay. the video I seen just now was one of them had a fire extinguisher and was shooting the fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I believe tear gas was used on them. Uh, so do you want to lay out the process of how this is going to go? Well, I mean, essentially, they're supposed to count the votes. And there were arguments before this um, as to whether or not have uh, uh, the audit over the next 10 days. I think that went into recess. Uh, actually, that's probably when they went into recess and evacuated the, the Capitol buildings. But um, as far as the way it's supposed to go is they count the votes, the electoral votes, and then it's certified by... Uh, the vice president, and then you have your next president. Now, if for whatever reason this is delayed until the 20th, Biden is seated, period. Is he seated or, or is Nancy Pelosi seated? Temporarily, of course. No, no Biden seated, period. Uh, the way the Constitution's worded, who whoever is um, has the most votes, essentially. Uh, so in this case, it's Biden that we're currently aware of until we can prove the voter fraud. Did you say he until we can prove the voter fraud? Yeah. The the thing Pro is, proving it's, proving it's not the problem. It's getting some of these idiots in these uh, these legal bodies to even hear it. Well, no, it, it's literally proving the, the uh, so we have evidence that there could have been voter fraud. And in some cases, we do actually have confirmed voter fraud. 10,000 dead people voted. Mm -hmm. OK, I mean, yeah, fair enough. So we, we do have confirmed cases. But the problem is, is we can't get any of the courts to give access to go and audit those. That's the problem. Uh, you know, if that if we can't prove it, honestly, I think it's already too late in many of these states because they've shredded the ballots in, in, in some cases. So I, I, don't, I don't know what can be. Well, um, they've shredded the ballots. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw that in Georgia 48 hours after it was over. They were shredding ballots by the truckloads, literally by the yeah. truckloads. And so the, those are gone. So at that point, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You don't you don't certify. If you've certified, then you decertify. That's that's how it goes. If you can't have the actual audit 
If you can't have the actual proof be put there, then you decertify and that state gets thrown out. That's how it works. But that seems to be thrown off the table here. You know, we were going to go over a phone call yesterday, but we didn't get a chance to. Uh, but I have it here. Now, you know, Georgia is a mess, right? It's been an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that Georgia has been a mess. Uh, what the hell's that that secre- that useless secretary of state down there? What the hell's his name? Raffenberger or something? Is that what it is? Raffensperger. Yeah. Raffensperger. Okay. Now, George has been a disaster from the start, and we're starting to understand why. And I, I caught this yesterday, and I'm going to play it here. It's only just a couple seconds. But I want you to hear this, and this this would explain as to, as to why it's a mess. Now, you're hearing about how Trump made this phone call down to the Georgia Secretary of State, and it, I think the people on that call were Trump, uh, his legal advisor, and the Secretary of State, and someone else. I don't know who it was. But you, you distinctly hear four voices on the call, I believe. And the call was about, hey, look, you need to find, we've, we've got over 500,000 votes that we can prove were fraudulent. We're only looking for, how many was it? He, Trump was exact on how many he said that yeah. we needed. It was, it was 11,801, I think, or something 801. Like that. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Now, the media is blowing all of this phone call that Trump made out of proportion. Hell, AOC is calling for Trump's impeachment over the phone call. Well, if he's going to be gone in just a few days, then why would you want to impeach him? That's a good question, isn't it? If he's going to be gone, then why would you want to impeach him? But Actually, uh, there's something that I, I, I really hope Americans are paying attention to um, with how petty uh, the left is being. They've declared war essentially, uh, over those last four years. I hope, I hope all of you on the right have been paying attention or all of you that claim to be patriots and are standing for the constitution and the, the declaration. Um, if indeed you are patriots, pay attention because it's time we, for frivolous things, impeach a president. It's time we make a big hubbub about all the stuff that they're, you know, we need to meet them with the same, um, well, I can't say same actions because then you have Antifa and BLM and that could be taken out of context. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you get what I'm saying. We should politically, we should be making the same moves that they are and be just as petty as they are and do the same. I mean, this is it, it's 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 time to get your war on. It's difficult to do that. I, I, I totally agree with you, but it's it's difficult to do that when you have a spineless, gutless, do nothing Republican Party. It's extremely difficult yeah. to do that. And you don't have the media. Yeah, and you don't have the media. Hell, Fox, Fox, disgrace, disgrace. Yeah. It's it's disgusting. If you want news, if you want news on TV, check out Newsmax. Go to One American News. Look at America's Voice. Any of these alternative networks. That's going to be the best thing you can do at this point. But I want to play before we get too far off subject here. I want to play a phone call from. <laughs> I'll put it this way. This is the Georgia Secretary of State. Okay, and this is not the phone call he was on with Donald Trump. Now you have to ask yourself. First of all, why is the media paying attention to that phone call with Trump to the Georgia Secretary of State, making it look like it's Trump's problem? Well, let's take a listen to what the Georgia Secretary of State had to say. And I want you to pay very close attention. We might play this again, but pay very close attention to what he says. Thank you so much for supporting me in my election for House District 50. It was a close election, and your support was critical for my success. I just wanted to thank you for your support. Good night. Did you catch that? Now, that didn't come from a U.S. website. That came from a Chinese website, and that's been verified. That is the Georgia Secretary of State Raffensperger thanking, in Mandarin, thanking the Chinese Communist Party representatives for supporting him in his latest re-election campaign. For those that missed that audio, 
Um, let's play just, it again. Let's play it again. Okay. Just just to be and clear. Listen, let's play. Listen to the first bit of there really close. Because when I first heard this, I thought he was stumbling over his words. Um, but yeah. No, he's not. He's not. And there's a reason for that. And you'll explain why after it's heard again. Listen to this. Thank you so much for supporting me in my election for House District 50. It was a close election, and your support was critical for my success. I just wanted to thank you for your support. Good night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is thank you, by the way, that he said there um, in Mandarin. So uh, I, I, I went on to Google Translate and translated thank you from English to Mandarin. And that's what it is. It's susu or, or something it's, like that. I'm probably skewing. But. It's she she ni. Thank you. She she ni is thank you in Mandarin. And Are pretty sure? sure that's what he, Yeah, I am sure. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that's close to what he said. Mm-hmm. It, when, I, when I was translating it on Google Translate, that's essentially what he said there is really, really close to uh, what the, the translate was showing. But why is his personal telephone call being recorded and why is it turned up? No, no, no. This was not his personal telephone call. This was him on a conference call that was public, but it was not broadcast here. It was broadcast in China. Right. Okay. And do we have a transcript or a list of who else was on the conference call? Unfortunately, the only thing that we know is that it and it's it's been verified. The only thing that we know is that uh, it was not reported in the Western press. This came from a Chinese uh, website and it came from a Chinese reporting agency. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was not English that he said at the start of the telephone call. And it did sound very much like Shishini or something along those lines. Um, he hasn't got a very good accent. I can, that's all I can say. No, it's very difficult for a native English speaker to speak um, uh, Mandarin. The language is tonal. So some sounds and words are identical, but they're just said in a slightly higher or lower tone. To uh, Like, for example, I'm hungry is what an er, but that er sound can mean a number of other things. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said thank you in Chinese. And why is he thanking Chinese people for their support in his well, re-election? Well, according to the, the Chinese uh, media outlet that reported this, he was thanking them directly for the Chinese Communist Party representatives giving him the advice on how to get re-elected using absentee ballots. I see. We were talking earlier on about the absentee or mail-in ballots. I saw the guy who invi- who invented QR codes, you know, the little squirrely patterns. Mm-hmm. His hardware can tell you whether or not a piece of paper has been folded. And any of the mail-in ballots will have been folded into envelopes. If they weren't folded into an envelope and just a big stack of A4 were fed into a Dominion machine, there would be no folds on those pieces of paper. And I think they were that blatant and brazen with their fraud that that's exactly what they did. They just took a big stack of A4 and fired it through the machines. It sounds to me like your or the lawyers who put forward these these cases suggesting that there was fraud were asking the wrong questions. And you say that the the ballots, was it Georgia you were saying, where, where they were shredding the ballots yes yeah I, i'm sure it was going on in yeah, other states but george's as well yeah yeah 
but your ballots are the property of we the people, air quotes, for 22 months after an election. You can double check that on the statute books or the constitution or wherever it's laid down, but that's a federal thing across the whole country of the United States that after an election, the ballots are to be retained for 22 months for the very um, reason of of detecting voter fraud. So anywhere that was shredding ballots, you should immediately, I think you said it earlier on as well, as soon as one state is seen to shred ballots, they don't declare, they can't declare. Right. It needs to be rerun. Yeah, because you have to de- the, you have, if it's certified, you have to void. Yeah, if it's if it's certified, you have to decertify, and and that's what needs to happen here is is exactly that, and it needs to happen in all these other states. They illegally changed how this was going to go. They illegally changed the mail in ballots, the the counting, the voting machines, all of this, all, all of this. We still don't know what in the hell happened to Dominion. We can't get a straight answer out of any of these people, and their offices have been closed up. So. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm looking at this and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, where in the hell is the media on any of this? But I, I can't really expect anything out of them at this point. We know which side they're on. And I hate the fact that we're sitting here choosing sides. I don't like that because historically I know where that leads. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to your point, go ahead. Sorry. To your point earlier, uh, Marty, the uh, a bit about folding the ballots and everything. We do actually have affidavits of people saying they did run ballots, mail-in ballots that were pristine. There were no folds on them at all. Yeah, I've I've seen the video of the people being questioned really rudely by a Democratic, an official of the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, you know, I saw the video, I saw the live streaming of those hearings, and I know that the affidavits exist. The, The issue we have is that, you know, it's it seems everybody is on the other side. The live streaming we were watching just before we came on uh, to start recording from the Senate and from the House, it was it was all talking about how how the um how each state is responsible and it's not a federal issue to determine how a state runs its elections. Well, when the election process of any particular state is so wide open and vulnerable to fraud, then it has to become a federal issue, surely. So how they are right in how uh, setting up your voting system is done by the legislature of each state, right? So that, that, that system is set up there. One of the arguments that hasn't been made well is that many of these changes in these states for like the mail-in ballots and those kind of things were done by the executive branch, they have no power constitutionally to affect how a state votes. That has to be done by the legislature. So that is one instance of voter fraud, if you if you want to go there, or illegal changes. But as far as uh, once there's signs of fraud and everything, yeah, it it, it does become uh, essentially a federal. I mean, this is this is where technically the Supreme Court is supposed to hear these cases because you you have states that will sue other states because of the voter fraud, like the, the one where Texas sued. And then we had a whole bunch of other states pile on. And the Supreme Court was like, yeah, we're, we're not going to hear it. No, that's literally your one job when it comes to elections as a Supreme Court is to hear these cases and to rule on these cases. You cannot just throw them aside. So um, it, that that whole... Throwing the the cases out 
that should have infuriated the 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 average voter both uh, sides this should be a nonpartisan thing that that infuriated me and i think it infuriated you too yes yes but we're 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 technically partisan i mean we're on the same side if you will and i i I, my point is is it should have infuriated the democrats as well because they should be interested in the integrity of the vote just as much as we are the republicans should be but they're not the republicans definitely should be yes Democrats should be as well, though. I mean, the average person, yeah. not necessarily the party, but the average person. But I seen a poll here recently that said um, only 19 percent of voters are are excited about the outcome. I think it's honestly, if I had to guess, I'd say it's less than that. I, I really I'd, I'd say it's less than that. I mean, if you look at the average approval rating for U.S. Congress, it's less than 10 percent been less than 10% for more than a decade. I, I don't think people are that excited about it at all. I mean, hell, if Biden can't even get a thousand people on a uh, on a briefing that he does, no one's excited about this guy. No one's excited about the outcome. No one's happy about it. You've got 70 million people that are pissed off. Now, granted, we are not a nation of a popular vote. We never have been. We never have been. And I hope we never will be. The yeah, Democrats I, win, we will be. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a popular vote, though. That's a stolen vote. I mean, no, no. Uh, if if they win, they will change. They will oh, get rid yeah, of the yeah, electoral yeah. college. They they'll change everything. Yeah, yeah. In that respect, yes, of course, they'll get rid of the electoral college. They'll pack the court. Yeah, it's over. So this mm-hmm. is what I was saying a couple of days ago. I said, forget this twenty twenty four talk. There isn't going to be a twenty twenty four. It's it's mm-hmm. not going to be there. We handle this problem. We handle this problem now, or we don't do it at all, and we just call it done. Which that's what the established order that's trying to do all of this. Um, Uh, This killing of uh, our economy and our jobs and our way of life. That's what they want. They want you to give up and submit. Marty said that it seems like everything is against us. It's meant to seem like that. The media, right? They're a disgrace. They're a disgrace. As I said, that's the fog of war. Don't pay attention to that. They're a disgrace. Of course, they're going to be on the opposite side. They've already sold out. There's no coming back for them. Same thing with the politicians. Tom Cotton. Are you kidding me? People that have been listening to us for quite some time, and Bruce, you know this even behind the scenes, and we've been Mm -hmm. talking about it on podcasts before. I was a huge fan of this guy until two days ago. Two days ago, he decided he was going to stand up and he was going to say to the Electoral College challengers, you would establish an unwise precedent. Are you out of your mind, sir? You established this precedent or or there's no country left. This is a senator who has... Who, I mean, he's a he's a young guy. I, I get it. He's he's a Harvard grad. He's an army veteran and he's got a, a, a nice young family. It seems like I mean, I mean, of course, he's a politician and all that stuff. I understand. But, sir, do you not understand there's not a future for your family? Do, do you not understand that? He has to understand this. He has to understand this. He's an intelligent man. I refuse to believe he's that dumb. Go, go ahead, Bruce. I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. What's more important? Uh, this, is, this is a question for you, the listener. Which is more important? That we just comply and and back down and say, okay, yeah, yeah, there was there was um, instances of voter fraud and whatnot, but you know, eh, it's all good. We're, we'll just you know, Biden won. It's it's all good. Or is it more important that we fight this and ensure the integrity of our electoral process? Which is more important to the republic? Do you think? It's a fair question. It's a very sensible question. But like I said, with Tom Cotton, no more. No more. He thinks that the average person out there is is too um, inept, I guess, to understand what needs to happen here. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever support you might have had from me down the road, sir, that's gone. That's gone. I won't stand with that. No, I'm sorry. You need to do the right thing here. The government has a responsibility to do the right thing and to fix this. 
And I mean fix it. The, the Republic's angry. We hear all the time about how the nation is divided right down the middle. I, I'm not so sure about that. Are you? Do you really think we're divided right down the middle? Because I'm not entirely certain of that. I think it's mm. honestly, I think it's a la- I think it's always been this. It's always been a loud minority of just lunatics and insane asylum jumpers. And then, of course, you have the actual populist movement. Just hear me out for a second. I'm looking at what's in front of us. Okay, the media, right? Take the media. As Marty said, the media is against everything that's uh, that's we traditionally know, right? They're against the populist movement. They're against we the people. We know that, right? We know that. But it's portrayed that that's not the case. It's portrayed that you, the person that's out there that's part of the populist movement, you that's out there that believe in we the people, you are in the minority. That's the way it's portrayed by the media, right? The 96-mile Trump parades, the boat parades. I just don't, don't buy it. I don't buy it. I mean, if it was a truly divided nation, you would see the same on the other side, and you don't. This election, I don't think, okay, just just looking at this election specifically, I don't believe we're that divided. I, I think the majority of Americans are more moderate. They believe in more or less the Constitution, more or less, um, because there was a lot of a lot of the legitimate voters, right? So the um, there was a large, larger swath of stay-at-home moms, suburban moms, uh, those types that voted for Biden. There was, a, there was more people that voted for Biden this time around than voted for Hillary, potentially, strictly because Trump derangement syndrome. They just, they were tired of Trump. They, they voted for not Trump. They didn't vote for Biden's policies. They didn't vote for any of that stuff. They voted for not Trump. So, But if you're voting, I, I think- if your hatred of Trump, though, if it, if it obstructs your your ability to, if it's to that point where it obstructs your ability to logically make a decision about your future and your kids and your family's future, then that's a bigger problem, I think, don't you? Some of the research I've done between the differences in male and female and the way we think and process information, the average stay-at-home mom, the average suburban mom is more concerned about someone's personality first than their policies second. Whereas typically... We look at what is your policies first and your personality is secondary. Uh, Well, sort of, actually. If you can assert yourself, like, for example, Trump, he does well in the Middle East. He has the personality for it. He has a better understanding of uh, the Middle East than uh, our past politicians have. And that's pretty obvious based on the Abraham Accord and some of the other uh, um, treaties that we've done. So, I mean, clearly he understands things a little bit better than some of the other ones, right? He's a businessman and he does have a bit of a brash, abrasive personality. But you know what? His policies have been pretty decent. They have. I'll be honest with you. I like that brash personality. I like that shoot from the hip kind of thing. I mean, it's it's funny as hell, especially at when you first, get him, when you get him I off did. script, though. Uh, it, OK, yeah. at first. All right, fine. But when you get him off script and you get him out from behind, like the teleprompter, he gives like his usual speech at a rally or whatever. But then he stands around and he entertains the crowd for another two hours. It's hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. No politician can do that. Hell, not even Obama could do that. So. Part of the reason I didn't in the beginning was not understanding um, uh, the New Yorker mentality nor the Trump mentality, right? Some of the statements that he had said in the past, um, like grabbing women by the private parts, um, that whole debacle, when you look at it in context, he's actually not wrong because his statement there was because of my position, because of being a celebrity, because of all that, some women enjoy that interaction, if you will, because of 
the fame, the fortune, that sort of thing, right? We call those gold diggers. So in a sense, it was a little bit of a misunderstanding on my part. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling, but more or less, in the beginning, I didn't like Trump. Now, uh, after the stuff he's done, he has been the best for the republic that we've had in probably 20 years, or at least in my lifetime. I disliked the man for the very same reasons that you've just said, Bruce. Um, his blatant misogyny, that New York attitude, I, I didn't like, and I, and I still don't like, but I dislike him a whole lot less than I dislike the concept of Joe Biden stepping into the Oval Office. And the reasons for that, we've discussed at length. It's because he is quite clearly totally in with the globalization, the uh, removal of, of normal support structures, all that stuff that BLM are into. He's so behind it, or rather, he doesn't believe it himself. He doesn't believe in it himself, but he's quite happy to pretend to believe in it all, to get votes. Uh, although, why he bothered trying to get votes when they were going to cheat anyway, I don't know. But, um, Donald, if, if, if you'd have had a slightly more statesmanly, respectable, and I, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, Someone who was a bit more articulate, he says, as he's struggling for his words. I think that Donald Trump would have um, surpassed the, uh, or sorry, that person would have surpassed the the number of votes needed to win anyway. It was because of this thing that you were talking about, about the stay-at-home mothers going on personality before they go on policy. If If you'd have had a statesman, instead of Donald Trump, with the same policies, they would have got more votes than they needed to win and still beaten the um, the, the fraud. From my own understanding, what do you mean by statesman or statesmanly? I mean, to, well, okay, you know I've had a recent sort of um, sinusoidal affection for the royal family. <laughs> if no, you look at the way... I, I never noticed it, no. First I've the, heard well, of you, it. No, I've told probably about three times now, and I know you're just being funny. Or trying to be, I, I, don't say. A, I don't have much of a sense of humor these days, Marty. Just humor. No, me, no, yeah. none of us have at the moment, have we? But someone who's been trained to speak publicly, someone who knows how to get a point across and in a manner that doesn't offend people. And unfortunately, Donald Trump, being the businessman and being used to being the one solely responsible for calling the shots inside his own businesses, he thought he could do the same inside politics. And you really can't. You really can't do that. So if he hadn't have turned off so many people, I think he would have got all of the votes he needed to be elected, even with the amount of fraud that the Democrats have, have used. No. You're no, shaking your head, so. Johnny, but I'm I'm shaking my head because they made they made the mistake once. They weren't gonna make it again. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. Trump could have had twice as many votes as he did get, and it wouldn't have mattered. Why? Because they froze the count. They froze the count. Yeah, but okay, so why have the establishment closed ranks? Why have the courts denied the hearings? Why is all parts of your government at the moment getting ready? to welcome Joe Biden in. Why have all parts of your government closed ranks as well? Why have the European governments closed ranks as well? Because everybody's involved in this plan. Everybody's involved in this great reset. Donald so Trump and the makes, populist... 
in the populist that movement makes, are not involved in yeah. this. These people are compromised. All these people are compromised. They've got to go. So during the four years that he he was properly in office and that wasn't in question, he didn't have time to put people into the right places. He's made moves. He's made moves behind the scenes. Now, let's look at some of the moves that he has made. OK, now the, and these these are moves that the media just blatantly ignores. Let's look at what he did with the, uh, the U.S. Special Operations. OK, Spe- Special Operations Command. The media hasn't talked about this at all, at all. What has he done? About eight weeks ago, he moved the Special Operations Command directly under the U.S. Secretary of Defense, which he changed out with a Green Beret. So now you have Army Special Operations Command that is directly responsible to the Secretary of Defense, who is directly responsible to the President of the United States. The moves that he made with the carrier strike groups across the U.S., that hasn't been talked about either. On top of that, let's talk about the delisting of the stock market uh, companies, the CCP and the PLA companies, uh, or the ones that have ties to them, the U.S. companies that have ties to them. So he signed an executive order six weeks ago, Trump did, to have these companies a list of 30 companies, U.S. companies that have ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. The person who has been tasked to remove those by order of the president of the United States has refused to remove those companies. And who is that person? That's Kelly Loeffler's husband. Now, see, all of this. Now, I, I think that Trump understood Now, this is not all right. I'm just listing a few of the most recent examples. But you have to understand Trump is surrounded by by cowards, traitors and scum. That's what he's surrounded by. The only thing he has is the support of we the people. That's it. You can't depend on anybody in the system. You can't do it. There's a few people in there. He's got the support of the military. You heard it. I got the clip here. I can play it again of him at the football game. He's got the support of the soldiers. He's got the support of the armed forces. He's got the support of the brass he's been able to change out from the garbage that Bush and Obama and Clinton put in there. He changed out all of the top brass at the Pentagon. And by the way, a few weeks ago, he also did this. He also removed the Pentagon's ability to use active duty military in operations around the world. The last person to do that, or excuse me, the last person who attempted to do that, his name was John F. Kennedy. And after he announced he was going to do that, he was dead two weeks later. So that's why I think Trump's for real. Yes, the man has managed to achieve a number of things. You listed 15 things that he he achieved the other day, did you not, in one of the podcasts? And he's a man who's used to getting things done because he's a businessman. He's not a politician, one of these mass-produced politicians. But because of his manner, his abruptness, he has turned certain people off. Your question to me was, why is my government shut down? And it's for the same reasons as yours. It's because they've been got at and the leadership has been got at. Donald Trump hasn't, but he wasn't there. I've just read the the latest on Twitter, the latest news saying that the Capitol building has been evacuated and Mm -hmm. Mike Pence was removed. Was Trump not there? No. Was he not there? No. And and why not? Why Why wasn't he there? That's not a... When when they do the electoral when they're counting the electoral process, the president is not present. It's only the vice. Has he made this speech today that that they said he was going to make? See, that's the bit that we need. We're just floating in the doldrums at the moment because nothing is actually happening right at this second, or nothing has happened. And we would would have so much more to talk about, and we could you know give real opinions on on what has happened right at this point in time when we're recording everything is about to happen and that's why i started this podcast saying i was rather underwhelmed because i'd hoped that come january the 6th something 
significant would happen so that we could know one way or another which direction we had to push and what we have to support. I think that's going to be a, a telling sign in the next, honestly, and I hate to hate to burst your bubble here, but today we weren't really going to learn anything other than who was going to stand with the people and who weren't. I think that's all we were going to learn. And so I think the uh, the key date you're going to be looking for here is on or around January 20th is what you need to be looking for. Well, we would know the Senate for today or should know the vote from yesterday for the Senate, I believe. Was it or was it tomorrow? Um, I think we we had a vote for Georgia coming up that we should know soon. The election was yesterday. The polls closed last night around 7 p.m., which is funny how they closed at 7 p.m. for a state runoff, but they're open until, oh, I don't know, four or five days later for um, Uh presidential elections. And of course, they're open, I think, two months beforehand (laughs) as well. So, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting how that works. But anyway, anything else you guys want to uh, go over today? And, and like I said, Marty, until further notice, we'll start doing seven days a week. We don't have to. We don't have to, but it's an option. I'm more than willing to come on every day uh, and I will leave the door open that extra two days just for all of you in the UK that want to come on and talk. So if you feel like you or anyone else want to step up on Fridays and Saturdays, then I mean, w- I will leave that time open. So you could, as a listener, get that extra or one or two extra podcasts. I'm more than willing to do seven days a week from now until uh, however long it takes. Yeah, I've got people who are reaching out to me to to come on and, ha- and have a say. I think more people are waking up. Um, you got to talk now. You have to speak now. Yeah. It's past time. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure in the next few days we'll have some new voices given their side of it. I've got one particular friend. Um, he's a small businessman. Um, he's been hit hardest by these lockdowns, much harder than I have. In fact, I've I've not been affected. I have not been affected because I can work from home. No, it's sir. You have that you have been affected. You have been affected, and by that I mean is emotionally. Your is your no 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 it, no? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not the same. I can't do the things I want to do. And we're going to reach a point, as you've said, in the very near future, where it's already enough is enough. But it's it's how to fight back and not wind up losing everything because of some ridiculous trumped up charge based on these guidelines that are being written into law for periods of time. Uh, yeah, it, it it's all madness. But yeah, I've said enough. Or all I want to say for tonight, I just hope something happens. You know, it's a shame that we're out of time because I really wanted to get to um, how your life is going to be in the year 2030 out of the World Economic Forum. It's a shame that we didn't have time for that tonight because I think you really would have enjoyed it. Well, if you want, you can cut some of that waffle I said earlier and we can do it now. No, it's okay. We'll just hang on to it. It's it doesn't it it's still a, a few years away, so we've got time, right? We've got time. So, there's plenty of uh plenty of other days to go over that. But anyway, you know Bruce, we were going to cover our social media. We we're going to take a social media break 30 minutes in and I completely forgot about it until just now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it too. So instead of quoting our social media at the end, we were going to start doing it around the halfway point. So uh, unfortunately, (laughs) I uh, yeah, I I just I got on one for whatever we we were doing at that point. And uh, and I just completely forgot about it. But um, anyway, you can follow me over on Parler. Uh, I'm on the social media platform of Parler, kind of. So, I mean, whenever I decide I can get around to it, but I am over there. You can get in contact with me over there at Jay Anderson 3 Marty, you're on Parler as well. You can get in contact with him at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. 
And we are looking to grow our audience as much as possible, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So we would humbly ask you to pass us along. Take our links of our episodes, our shows, and post them up on your social media accounts. That's perfectly fine. Post them anywhere you like. Hand them out to friends. Don't care because we're looking to promote good, healthy conversations in and amongst people's circles if you can actually have them, which in the case of the poor English, you guys are banned from having circles now. So we would humbly ask you to pass this along. We would appreciate that very much. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to the Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. I think that'll do it for today. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.